Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, personalized digital fitness and health coach. John John and Nathan Florence have both been using Whoop for over three years now to balance their training both in and out of the water. Now, Whoop is introducing the all-new Whoop 4.0, the latest, most advanced fitness wearable in the market. Monitor your recovery, sleep, training and health, personalised recommendations and coaching feedback for you. Train smarter, recover faster, sleep better and now feel healthy with Whoop. The all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter and designed with new biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen and more. The device also features an all-new smart alarm, designed to wake you up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. Plus, it was designed with their anywhere technology so you can wear with their Whoop body sensor enhanced technical garments. The all-new health monitor dashboard gives you a big picture look at your overall health. Monitor key metrics like heart rate, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, skin temperature, and blood oxygen levels. Plus, see improvements in irregularities and vital signs over time. You can even export 3-day health trends to share with your coach, trainer, PT, PCP, or physician. The all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. For any members, if you have six months left of your membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the water over free. And right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code BEACHGRIT at checkout. Go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter B-E-A-C-H-G-R-I-T at checkout. Save 15%. Hello and welcome to Dirty Water, the compendium podcast to Beach Grit, the antidepressive surfish website. I'm Derek Riley and today's guest, Ronnie Hill, aka Skull, is a surfer, an ex-bodyboarder to be precise, who first rode the wild reefs of Cronulla, Shark Island, Voodoo and so on, three decades ago. Skull was among those intrepid bodyboarders who first rode Cape Salander and Botany Bay's southern flank in the 80s. And this was years before a pact was struck with Maroubra surfers, where Cronulla's boogs would get Shark Island on the Bra Boy Salander, the joint swiftly renamed ours. These days, Skull is the king of the jet board, a gasoline and electric powered sled that removes the paddle imperative and is so damn easy to ride, a competent surfer can be sticking the $20,000 things inside barrels within one day. A couple of Sundays ago, a guest thrilled spectators by riding his craft to victory at Shark Island. One viewer begging the question, what is this sorcery? Of course, not everyone is thrilled. This warrants violence, wrote one. The interview begins with Skull describing the scene at Shark Island on that fateful Sunday two weeks ago. Um, just coming in from Blackwoods, actually far away from the island, seeing that, because my view is a lot more clearer than everybody else, and I can see the sets coming. So I can line it up well in advance. And I can see where the line-up is, and I can see where they're, where they're starting and when they're, what they're missing, so... I'm trying to sort of stay on the inside because knowing I've surfed this place for 30 odd years, knowing how the wave breaks and also trying to sort of give everybody else space as well, which means it's a little bit hard, but, and at the end there, I had to pull back because there was guys on the shoulder and I ended up going over dry rock. Oh, did you? Yeah. Is that when you, um... That's when I fell off. Yeah, right. So you describe what happened there? Because you can't always use your engine to get out of trouble, can you? No, no. It's 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 an assist on the wave because once you're on the wave, you're not using any power. Yeah. You tap into the wave itself, and you're using that the power to position more than anything. Yeah. And it allows you then to be 
more in control of what's happening. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you can get more waves. Yeah. But you've got to keep that in mind too. Are you, are you really conscious of that? That's not that's lot getting every set? Conscious is. I've been doing this for like 12 years now and I like to keep my record how it is. No, I have never hit anyone or done anything wrong. Yeah. And that's how I want to keep it. That's pretty good. Yeah. And so, and I tend to, this day I had friends watching, so I hung around on the wave a bit longer than I used to. Usually I'll catch one or two waves and head off to the next break. Okay. And keep travelling. So you're not out there for 30 minutes just getting every set? No, I, I move on because yeah. I can surf all the breaks on the beach. Right, okay. So that's what I tend to do. I spread myself out. So by the time I come back, it's 20 minutes later and sets have gone through and everyone's probably got a bag full already. Yeah. And it's probably my turn now anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so um, give your response to some of the uh, comments. Panda Surfport said it's a lineup full of boogs. I would have done the same thing all day long. But it's ironic because you're a, you're a booger from way back. I'm the booger from the original and the old school. It's me and the boys that we started this whole booger thing out there and we were the ones started serving all the slabs and creating all the aerial manoeuvres and that's back in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, so how old are you? 50 now. Yeah, right, okay. But, <laughs> but you're a contemporary of um, all those great um, bodyboarders, Dave Ballard, Steve McKenzie, Wingnut, Epo. Roussel, Epo. Even though Macquarie, but... Yeah, all of them, all yeah. the guys from up north. Yeah, that's that was all us, we, you know. We were making boards, shaping the bodyboards, all the the mods and cons that you see in today. Yeah. We were the ones that tried it and thought of them and made them happen. So when did you first surf the island? When I was 13. Right, okay. Yeah. So was that 37 years ago? Wow. The next, <laughs> 1985. Jeez, that long ago. <laughs> so yeah. describe that. You wouldn't mean that many people surfing the island back there. I guess Banksy would have been there. Yeah, well, my... The guy I was learnt from was Doug Robson. Oh, okay, yeah. Dougie. Dougie and Brett, Pretty which young. passed away. I know, poor, poor yeah. in Japan. Huh? He passed away in Japan. And the, the videos, you know, him, him and his, he was the first boy band, I guess you could say. Yeah. Brett. And that great song. The great song. Yeah, Rip, Rip in the Pit. <laughs> rip in the Pit. Rip, 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 El Rolo, Punch <laughs> the Lid. Yeah. Was, Actually, we'll put that clip in this little, in the, in the story that accompanies this podcast because it's, um, it's a formidable song and it, uh, was, it was produced by this great Australian producer, Molly Meldrum. Yeah. And shot down in Maroubra with yeah. Ross Hawke and all the famous, yeah, yeah. famous boogs from all the day. Yeah, so that was, that was us. That was our scene. That was our, you know, we started creating that sort of bodyboard culture back then. Yeah. And, you know, chasing the biggest waves, finding these spots that no one surfed before, and, which today is now like Cape Salanders and yeah. down the coast. So when did you surf uh, Salander? About that same time. In the eight, late 80s? Yeah, yeah, before, you know. We, I'd, no, I'd seen sort of old photos of old, the older boys on surfboards, uh, not surfboard, body, body surfing. surfing yeah. Body surfing it back then. It's called Pikers Hole or something, wasn't it? Something like that. So me and um, me and the boys and um, Warren Feinby. Yeah. Like Warren was my wingman. It was mainly me and Warren most of the time. And, um, yeah, so we, we surfed it together. I got pumped into the ledge. He had a better day than me that day. Um, yeah, we just, it was like And then that. you guys got shooed away at about 12 years later? Yeah. Or I think or maybe a bit more. The story that. was one of the guys, a couple of the boys got a photo, took a photo of it out there. They flipped it and made it look like a left. Mm-hmm. But the bra boys saw that tower in the background yeah. and worked out where it was. Yeah. And then it's history since then. Yeah, because you guys got shoot away pretty quickly, didn't yeah, you, brother? Yeah, we got shoot off pretty quick. <laughs> Man, uh, there's other groups as well that, that had, had a go at it, other yeah. bodyboarding groups. But that we still had, like, 
Shark Island, Fifth Lefts, Voodoo, Suck Rock. It will spoil down here for it. So the, the rabbis kind of made the, that thing where they stay away from Shark Island and as long as you guys stay away from, from Slander. Slanders. That's yeah. why they called it ours. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's not yours anymore. Huh? Yeah. Um, so some of the quotes we had um, were pretty funny. Um, you have to give the man credit. He's been a pest of Shark Island for years. However, on Sunday during a bodyboard comp, managed to run through the lineup for about 30 minutes. Every single person there told him to fuck off and he just kept doing laps, kind of finding it funny. Is that true? Um... Yeah, half of the guys I knew out there, half of the guys knew who I were. Yeah. They were a little, sort of a bit older, but the that younger generation that are out there, yeah. obviously they don't know who I am. Yeah, yeah. And, but I think some of the boys out there had a word said, you know, like, chill out, you know, he's not going to hit you. Yeah. He's not going to do anything. He's just going to, when the biggest wave comes through, just watch out, here he comes. <laughs> so. Everyone, Did you get some good caves that day? I got maybe one. Yeah. But it wasn't prime, prime like some of the other days I've had out there. But it was more for like Gary had his young son, sunny young son, and wanted to see me surf it. Yeah. So I didn't even know there was a contest out there until yeah, I got right. out there. Yeah. And it was Desi, which big, you know, hats off to Desi because Desi is the one, one of the guys that keeps bodyboarding running in Cronulla. So who's Desi? Desi was one of the younger boys in my day. Yeah. What's his full name? Oh, I can't remember his last name. He, he's got Emerald. So Emerald, right, okay. Emerald Bodyboards. Yep. So he purchased the shop and he was in Cronulla for a while. Yep. Um, yeah, he was sort of under me, like the young crew behind us. Yep. And, yeah, he, he took the, the shop and he run it and I think if it wasn't for him, yeah, we wouldn't have any bodyboard, that thing happening in Cronulla anymore. Yeah, because I guess um, there's Cronulla and Port Mac and that's kind of it. Huh? Yeah, yeah, and Desi kind of, you know, for his, he's in the passion for it, like all of us, and he, you know, he's got that next generation under him. Yeah, yeah. So that followed up behind him. Yeah. Which is so, so post bodyboarding, how did you get into the uh, the jetboard? Um, the jetboard is the step be- before. Uh, there's another one before it. I was in freestyle jet skiing. Right. Which we mentioned before. Yeah, the stand up things. Yeah, the rip and ride. With, yeah. Um, you know, all the boys from a handful of underground. So this boys is early two thousands or. Yes, early two thousands. Yeah. And, um, yeah, again, trying to get away from the crowds, going out surfing fifth left, trying to get away from it all. So trying to get some sort of craft that I could do that with. And also by this stage I'm carrying injuries from bodyboarding. Mm, neck injuries and back injuries. Shoulders, necks. Like my, some most of the boys like Doug and Warren, they break their backs out there and things like that yeah. over the years. So as you're getting older, looking at another ways to still charge it. Mm. It's funny because all the older bodyboarders, they kind of have the big shoulders and kind of the next a bit bit fucked, yeah, kind yeah. of walking around like yeah, that. Yeah. That's why you look like you're such a bodyboarder. Yeah, we're a bit fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> We've been just been thrown into the roof so many yeah, times. Yeah, that many times. And, and scorpioned, huh? Yeah, ankles hitting you in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but, you know, it's all part of it, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, went into the jet skiing thing, which at the time it's it was uh, we only had only had one jet ski super jet that I could get and I mm. got that and I was with R&R Jet Skis which is a shop at Turn Point working with them saying look this is what I want to do with it and they're like it doesn't happen you can't do that but over the years I, I managed to get it to happen and then there was a small crew um, in Cronulla and um, you know so we got together and we were out there and doing our thing and progressing it there was a, a small crew in America and then there was one or two guys in Brisbane 
And we used to run the burg at this stage at all, or had you just totally shelved the burg? No, shelved it. Yeah. Shelved it, thought, you know. Because once you get a taste of, oh, taste of power. You once feel... you get a taste of power, yeah. it's like a poison. <laughs> yeah. And also, I guess, getting away from the crowds too. Cause... That too. So I would be surfing out fifth lefts and voodoos and by myself. Yeah. Like there's no one else around, which at first was scary and really demanding, but there was times I got caught out. There's times I was getting sucked out of the sea. Yeah. And I thought, oh, here we go. I'm just gonna have because well, because you couldn't um, go against the the current. Or yeah, because this is a this is a, a not a sit down. This is a stand up. Yeah. So they're a totally different thing to a jet ski. What people understand what yeah. a jet ski is. This is a class in its own. Just like a jet board is different to a, in a similar class to a surfboard, but it's in its own class again. Yeah. Um, and the development of these things, they're quite small. Some of them, like the manufacturers that started rising, one of the board, one of the jets, the, the skis was called a foot rocket. That's how small it was. Oh, really? Because all you could do is put your feet on it. So how big was it? Three or four feet long or something? No, it was about five two. Holy smoke! And it was only about a meter wide. Yeah. And you stood and had a have a pole that comes up. Yeah. So it's a tiny thing. Is that what you kind of the thing you were riding? Yeah, that's what we developed. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was developing. And it, what happened was it tended to go more motocross. So. Once we started the rip and ride, the social events and stuff, mm. we had guys coming from Krusty Demons and all the motocross riders yeah. coming to the event and doing that because the manoeuvres that were pulling off in the surf were the same manoeuvres that were pulling off on dirt bikes. Yeah. So it all overlapped. Like loops and stuff off, off yeah, the Yeah, we're doing loops, backflips, aerials, yeah. all that. And 30 feet out. Wow. Which, to me, once you're 30 feet out off a 10-foot wave, that weightlessness and the airtime, yeah. it was just, it was gold. That's what I enjoyed about that sport yeah. the best. And then, you know, we had the Rip and Ride social event. We had clinics, training, mm-hmm. and then um, Boat Harbour shut down. Right. And so for people who don't know what Boat Harbour is, because we have a lot of American listeners. It's the, the far north end of Cronulla Bay. Yeah. Where you can access it with your car onto the beach, where this is what this equipment needed. You needed, it couldn't, they weren't, they're not a jet ski, they're a, a surf craft that, you have to have your equipment and your and your setup straight in front of you because you're close to shore. Mm-hmm. You're not going out really far because when it fails, you've got to retrieve it, mm. restart it, and get back out again. I guess you need to carry fuel and yeah. Few so the, the logistics stuff. are huge. Yeah. Did you need a trailer for those things? Um, they were small enough that we had trolleys. Right. Okay. So you could put it on a trolley and chuck it on the back of your ute. Right. Okay. It's pretty small. Yeah. And um, that that sport sort of. Once the area got shut down, we couldn't go anymore. Yeah. The guys couldn't train. We couldn't practice. Yeah. Did it get shut down for launching? Because it's still open now, isn't it? Yeah, it got got shut down because in summertime we get a lot of people out there that aren't from the area, that that weren't in that sport. They were just recreational jet skiing, which is a problem. Oh, so they shut it down for jet skiing. Yeah, because the, 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 the small few... We just gone mad, went ham at the Yeah, it went, went, went um, respecting I remember there. when we first got out of ski at, um, at Stab, we uh, went a bit mad at there. <laughs> yeah, fun. but this was like amongst the public and stuff, so it, it wasn't going to last long. Yeah. So, yeah, so once they took the training side away from us, the whole industry sort of closed, started closing yeah. down again. And is that when you pivoted to jet boards? Yes. That's when I saw it and I thought... And where did you see it? Well, I started making one out of a board. Yeah. Cutting up old surfboards. Yeah. But had you seen it somewhere? Go, oh, that, not yet. No, not it's yet. just totally in your head. So fortunately at the same time, there was a company in Czech Republic. Well, it wasn't a company. It was a bunch of engineers who were starting the very first jet surf. 
and I managed to see a, a, a picture and a video. Mm. And then I thought, okay, these guys are trying to do the same thing I'm doing. And just out of sheer fate, I don't know how they found me, they contacted me, they got through to me, and they said, here's your ticket, we want you to come to our company and be involved in this project. And that's where it went from there. Yeah. And that's 12 years ago. So they had a factory in Prague, Prague so you flew over, and what did they ask you to do? Um, when I got there, they said, okay, um, we've seen all your jet ski stuff, your freestyle. How are you getting these things to work underwater? And that's obviously what they wanted. Mm. Um, because back then they were all elect- or combustion engine. Now we're full electric as well. Um, and I said, yeah, okay, let's do this. And we did a sort of a contract. Um, it was great. Everything was paid for. It was cool. I was in a different country. Yeah. They were taking me around Prague. Prague's good, fun town, isn't it? And they were taking me to Switzerland. And yeah. They were taking me all these places I'd never been before. And also they were taking me into the Renault Formula One facility. So it was Renault engineers you were saying? It was Renault engineers. It was like, it was like their, say, a mate, their mate, little mates, and it was their side project. But they were using the facilities at the very beginning. And then once they realised, oh, we're on to something here, Martin branched out on his own. When Martin was also... Does Martin the guy who created the company? Martin, yeah, he's the owner of the company. Yeah. What's his full name? Um, I, You're not good with names, are you? Oh, they've got funny just names. Martin, Desi. Um, yeah, they've just taken these... <laughs> it doesn't matter, huh? It doesn't matter. As long as it's Ronnie Hill. Yeah. So, yeah, they, um, they got, his mates got together. One did the motor, one did the hull, and I was with them there doing that. And when I got there, they were just starting to produce them, but they couldn't nut them out. And every board that went out was returned. It was a failure. And um, yeah, that's when I got into it and started getting it better with them. And, and that's when they realised, okay, they've got something here. And then they managed to get a government grant, how it usually goes, you know, if you've got something successful, it's working and it's hiring. And they were actually in the first facility where I went there was a military um, technical college. So I had to get through all this scrutineering before I could get in the gates and everything like that. And then they showed me one of the parts of the, in the college that had, like, full jump fighter jets and stuff in there. And they go, oh, you can't talk about this stuff because it was a military place. And then a few years, when we finished up there, then they just said, okay, they built their own facility, their own factory and everything like that, and that's where they are today. And this is jet board, isn't it? This is jet surf. Jet surf, sorry. Yeah. And so tell me, when did you first ride one of these things on the surf? When I got back from Bruno. Um, actually, and then before that, I think we were just lake riding and testing. It was a lot of testing. I yeah. didn't get to ride in the surf. It was all about testing and months and months of testing and development. And then when I was ready to come back home, I was saying, look, okay, now this is when we've got to push this with big wave surfers. And that was back in the day when the video came out of Kyle Lenny riding Jaws and Hamilton riding one. And, that, and once the, the, the jet boards at Jaws. Yes. Yeah. And well, that was a jet surf one. That was so. a jet surf. That was yeah. one of my... I was in, involved. So that was one of, your, one of your designs? Yeah, well, my, my tech was in it. Yeah. And my, that was my direction yeah. to go with the big wave surfers. And what feedback did you get from Laird and uh, Kai? Well, when it first went out, the website crashed. Oh, yeah? It crashed for two weeks straight. Wow. It just kept crashing and crashing and crashing. The Jet Surf website? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then by the time that was going through, I was already booked to come back home. And I was just getting, we were just talking over the, you know, over the internet and that. And 
that's when they did okay. The whole trip to Hawaii, they I said, you got to take about nine boards. They flew it all over. They took the engineers with them. And that's that whole part there like that. And um, But because they were all back from GP racing and cars and stuff, they wanted to just do a MotoGP circuit tour. So that's where the company's been ever since. Right, okay. Just to, And they travel the world doing it like a normal GP would go to different countries and compete. On the water or like on lakes and stuff? Just lakes and yeah. bays and... But right, no okay. surf. No surf, okay. So tell me about, so tell me about the board you're riding at Shark Island. I can see it in front of me, this beautiful green and silver thing with an electric motor and a, and a regular motor and a carbon helmet. Tell me all about it. How big is it? And um, that one's probably the shortest one. What we say, that's like a f- under five foot. It's a short one, narrow, it's much narrower, lighter. Yeah. It's about um, 20 inches wide? Yeah, about that. Um, deep chimes. Deep fins, car fins. It's 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 specifically designed for riding in the barrel, where the other ones are more designed for carving and stuff like that. It's pretty much like a. It's the same as having a quiver, different boards for different waves. Mm. Um, but being that it has the propulsion, um, it allows you to do a lot more. Can you describe the engine in detail? The engine is the engine that was developed by one of the guys that originally is from KTM, which is another European company. Yeah. And he developed that engine. Are they Dutch or something? Dutch, I think they're yeah. Dutch. And he developed that engine with Martin, who developed the original board. Mm. And ever since that, they've just constantly evolving and tweaking it. So now they have fuel injection. And also now the next stage is, which have gone to is full electric. Right. Which is the best way to go. Yeah, but you were saying the technology of the batteries are too heavy for the surface. Yeah, the so moment. the batteries, I can't build a battery light enough at the moment. Yeah. I can build the batteries that works, but it's too heavy still. And you get 10 minutes on your electric? I get 45 minutes on that board. So right, okay. I only have 45 minutes out there. With with the... Um, with what I have at the yeah, moment. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. So that's a 100cc regular engine married to the to the Married batteries. to the electric motor. And that charges the electric motor when it's going? No, it? this is total loss system. Right, okay. So it has an ECU in there with a battery, which you charge, and that gives you about two hours worth of electric time. Yeah. But it has to coincide with the combustion engine, so really it's 45 minutes. Right, okay. So do you just have that in the back of your car and you sort of, and you run down with it? Yeah, or? just grab it, pick it up, run out. It's just like a normal surfboard. Yeah. Like it. Like that. And you just jump in the, um, just carry it down the water's edge and the stuff you go? Yeah, I actually, depends if it's really far away. I have a trolley, like a, we have trolleys for the paddle boards. Yeah. Just to make it a bit easier. Because sometimes yeah. you're going up a wonder and it's a really steep sand hill. Yeah. And after you've done 45 minutes straight non-stop standing up. Yeah. And then you've got to c- carry this 12 kilo board up a sand hill. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's pretty full on at times. And that's if you haven't been belted on a big swell day. Yeah. How many waves can you catch? And I know it depends on the swell and everything, but on a day it's just pumping. Well, when I find when I get spots like down the coast or somewhere, sometimes around here, when there's no one around, usually when it's big, um, depends. Like I probably could get four waves in a set, five <laughs> waves in a set. Holy depends shit. how long the ride. Depends how yeah. hard it is to get back out. Because if it's closing out too, yeah. Because even if the wave's closing out, it's still effective. Yeah, because I guess it doesn't close out if you're on a good Cause, power. Because you can always doggy door it. Yeah. So you can sit inside this close out yeah. to the very last minute and just doggy door it out, which is not the best. You want proper 
you want great clean waves. Yeah. But you can't get them all the time. Where have you had your most phenomenal barrel, I think? Fifth left. Yeah. Mm. Um, everywhere, up and down the coast, in Brisbane, down Victoria, Phillip Island. We had Phillip Island once. Oh, yeah? Off the point of... EP or something? Yeah, that far, far point of Phillip Island. Yeah. We went down there to watch MotoGP, and this day before it, it was just firing. And it runs all the way down for like about a K almost. Yeah. No one out. Right. So, yeah, that was great. And, um, yeah, and the other thing too is like you get to see all the marine life under you. Yeah. Are they attracted by the, uh, by the noise and stuff? Well, dolphins aren't afraid. Dolphins would just be underneath me and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But, like, okay, once when you see, like, like a shark or something, yeah. like a, I saw a hammerhead. Yeah. And What, I had a fifth left or something? No, it was at Wanda. At Wanda? Wanda. So you, every time I went towards it, it went away. Yeah. So How big was it? Uh, it didn't look that big, probably an a metre longer than the board. Right, okay, so six foot or something. Yeah. But, yeah, every time I tried to get near it, it just would go away from me. Yeah. So while I'm out there, I guess the sharks don't like it. That's good to know, huh? <laughs> yeah. The dolphins like it, but the sharks. The sharks don't. Just so, um, so they're pretty expensive, though, aren't they? If you want to go get a jet surf, what's it, you said it was 20 yes. grand? Yeah. At the moment, with things are, it's between 12 to 20, depending on the model. Yeah. But um, if you wanted to surf Shark Island, you'd probably want to get a, a, one of the higher end. You'd lines. have to get one of mine because <laughs> the manufacturers don't make a surf-specific board. So how, do, how does someone get one of your boards? Um, I have not really been making them for anyone. I have all the moulding and the tooling for it, so it's been mainly family and friends. Right, okay. But yeah. if someone wanted one, they could um, they could contact you and... Um, they and you, could you contact me and we could discuss it, but it would be like depending what is it you want to do, what sort yeah. of waves you want to ride. Yeah. Just like a normal quiver, what is it sort yeah. of board you want. So if someone um, came and said, I want to say a fifth left with you. Well, you need one of those. Yeah. Yeah. That would be 20 Gs? Yes. Yeah. How long would it take to build? Four months. Four months, okay. Because I guess you have to build it from scratch with carbon fibre, wouldn't you? It, yeah, it's out of a mould. Yeah. So it's infusion process with carbon fibre. Yeah. And then also um, the modifying of the internals. Yeah. Do you so, get a warranty? Sort of. <laughs> no, I've got a warranty. If you Is it like it a home day? Do you get seven years warranty or something? That or, you know, it, it's warranted up to five foot. You go over five foot. Yeah. Well, then that's your risk if it goes into the reef. How fast do they go? Um, I've never really clocked it, but I can outrun a 10-foot wave. Right. But that's using the wave of itself. Right, okay. What do you reckon, 40 k's or something? More like 60. Yeah, that's pretty quick. Mm. Depending. Do you remember you made a custom-made one for that guy in WA with the surf helmets? Oh, Taj oh, Barras. So Tarsh's dad, um, Tarsh's dad's dad. got one, huh? Yeah. It was, Tell me about that. That was way, way, way back in the beginning. And um, I went over, we got the very first ones, which were okay, but I was still tweaking them to get right for the surf. And I said to, said to him, look, we're still tweaking it. It's, it works. It's, you can take one of these and try it out. And his dad was an older guy. Mm. And he was like, most like old guys, we, we have a hard time paddling now because we've done so much paddling. The yeah. shoulders go and the back goes. So I set him up and it was, he was good. He was getting all these outer waves, which he would like to surf, which he would never get to. Um, but back then the boards weren't right. They yeah. weren't there yet. Um, so eventually I said, look, it, it's, the, it's 
too difficult because they're all the way down at Yellinga, Yellinga. Yelling it. Yelling it. Yeah. It's too hard to deal with them that far away. Yeah. Um, so I think it ended up just ending up in the quiver is one of the, you know, another historical thing. Yeah. Tash would have loved it, I'd imagine. He, he, he tried it a few times, yeah. He did. It was all right. But it was too early days still. Yeah. Like now is the time with the electric that I can say, okay, an electric version, yeah, you got warranty. Go yeah. for it. Yeah, <laughs> you got warranty. Are they, no- are they noisy? Those ones? Are they noise like a jet ski? No, it's it's less noise than a whipper snipper. Right. Okay. And it has muffles on it, and it's the the outlets under the water. Yeah. So it's not that noisy, but again, the electric, that's to go. Yeah, it's silent. It's silent. Huh? It's silent. There's no emissions. There's no cost to run. There's no maintenance. There's no. Are they like Teslas? Outrageously fast. <clears throat> um. Yes. <laughs> electric, electric motors and the electro, uh, the technology with the electric stuff with the controllers, it's all electronically controlled by an app on your phone. Wow. So you can dial the board up and down to for big, heavy guy, light guy, kids, pro, just like a Tesla. Yeah. And would you would you have a like a little hand controller and that's totally yep. electric ones? Or? Yeah. So all the electric ones have a. a a hand control. Yeah. They all have like a hand control. A little slider for how Slider thing and they run Bluetooth. Okay. So they're not having to run mechanical cables. Mm-hmm. So it, it brings it back to more reliability. Yeah. Do you ever get that thing though, you know, Bluetooth speaker loses connection? Do you ever lose connection to those things? No, because they have the, the antenna connections quite close. Ah, okay. And they're all being tested so it works, pretty much works underwater. Wow. Yeah. And then there's the fail safe. So you still have to have a manual cutoff. Mm-hmm. So the board... On your wrist or something? Yeah, on your wrist. So if the board gets without a, out of range, it yeah. automatically cuts. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, so it's within that range and you adjust all that accordingly. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty amazing, huh? But, um, and it's a, it's a thruster? Yeah, that's a thrust. That's actually quad. It's got boxes for quad. So features, yeah. features boxes? Features boxes. They can be a thrust, they can be a quad, they can be two fit. Yeah. It can be whatever you want it. And what, how do those things handle in the barrel? That one is the best in the barrel. That, as you can see, these are the bigger ones. They're much more buoyant. Yep. So unless you've got the weight and you're a bigger guy, you're going to have a hard time holding the rail, just like a normal, depending on how sucky it is. Yeah, right. But that one is designed for, I designed the Surf Shark Island. And what are they, are they hard to ride? No. If you already know how to surf, wakeboard, skateboard, any of that stuff, you're up and running in two minutes. Yeah, right. And you mastered it by the end of the day. Is that quickly? Huh? Yeah. That's pretty good to have a fast learning curve. Yeah, the learning curve's quick. Are there any other people who ride them in Australia? Yeah. Um, I have some customers like that purchased from JetSurf and I we maintain over here for them. Um, but it's very far and few between. Mm. A handful, that's it. That's from Brisbane to Cairns to WA to down to Victoria. Uh, here in Sydney, and that's it. What about the e-foiling thing? Because that's become quite big. Yeah, so e-foiling is the new boy in town. So there was us and now there's them. So it's progressed again yeah. beyond us, beyond the jet boards. Do their, um, do their electric motors and stuff, are they possible to put into these things? Well, there's a company, one of the jet board companies in Europe, that have an attachment so you can put a foil on it. Right, okay. So you can have that board like yeah. that, which is all electric as well, or you attach the foil, which yeah. is only recent. And you have a foiling board. It's pretty sick. Yes. Does it work though with that sort of shape? Yeah, because the foiling boards, 
are quite stumpy and short. They're not they they get out of the water quick. Mm. So there's no there's no need for, to have any really board design because that's not what's in the water anymore. Yeah, it's more like a platform you're standing on. Yeah, right. So you know some of the floorboards are quite short. There's not much to the board. It's all yeah. about the the wing and and the shaft. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, they're the new boys. They're the that's the next thing. Yeah. And I've seen some video now where guys are getting in the barrel. There's guys in chopes that are trying it. With a foil? Yeah. Jeez, especially going to the falls with a big... Yeah, oh, they get, I saw one guy got lift. Yeah. He's trying to tuck because it wants to lift you because obviously yeah. the length of the shaft. But, yeah, I, I, they're going to get it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you see, when you transition from bodyboards to, um, to, to powered boards... What, what do you enjoy about surfing and the waves? Because, you know, for some people it's kind of the, the, the fact that there is no power and stuff, but what do you see and what do you enjoy from your surfing as someone who has done sort of both? The freedom, the creativity of it. Like, it's, you're not limited anymore. You can, on the, on the worst days out there and on the best days, you're still going to get the buzz. You're still going to be able to create and enjoy and be out there. And, yeah, it just opens up much more. And also, too, you can try to find a spot to yourself. It's hard in Sydney, obviously, but when you get out of Sydney, you can find these breaks that are breaking, nobody on it. And seriously, in 45 minutes, you're done. You've got that many waves, you've lost count. And you just go, great, I'm going to sit on the beach, have a beer, I'm done. Yeah, it just doesn't. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Amazing. And um, just explain for me, so um, when these things first came out, you guys got pinged by um, Marina yeah. Harbors, remember? The authorities, everyone, yeah. But you're a, you a PWC, personal watercraft. Yeah, so You took they, them to court. Yeah, we took them to court. Beat the bastards. Beat them. Yeah, they, they dismissed it and they're just like, you know, they had all their, their so-called um, pros there that knew everything about it and... We, I tried. I tried really hard with them. I said, listen, I'll, let's get this thing right. Let's work together. And I actually mentioned that in the court and the judge said that was quite honourable to say, look, though you've had, they've been hardly against you and done wrong things, but I'm still willing to work with them. So were they fighting you guys when you were... Um... Yeah, they were trying to find us. They were, they were fighting me and I was, I was like, you know, this is not on, this is not right. And... We tried to work with them. We tried to say, look, we'll get you the boards. Let's, let's rate this thing. Let's go over it. And they were, one of their comments was, yeah, you give us the boards and, we'll, and then leave them with us and we'll, and we'll tell you how it goes. And we said, no, we can't do that. They're 20 grand each. I'm not a company. So you, we work together but we can't do it. They didn't want to do it. It was just easy to say, oh, it's a jet ski. Throw it in the bag with everything else. Um, here's, here's a fine go away. That sort of attitude. And I said, no, it's not on. So we took them to court. We got in there. They tried their best. They tried to manipulate as usual, do whatever they could. At the end of the day, no. Wow. So what year was that? What year was that? Seven or eight years ago, wasn't it? Eight years ago. 2014. 2014 or something. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So if, um, so for the people who, you know, sort of don't, don't dig them, do you reckon if they had a go, they would change their mind in about five minutes? Oh, it has happened already. Really? Yeah, like there's been times where I've like, I've been at the, down somewhere and I've, I've had my bit and the guy's like, oh, and I said, don't look here, man, take it, go, go out here now. This is what you do. Because there's an induction with it. You've got to explain like this, this, this and this. But he was a surfer. And after that he was like, yeah, I want one. So he went from being 
someone that wanted to be aggressive in aggro to a guy who was like my best mate. Like 10 minutes later, he's my best mate. Yeah. So. What did he say once he had um, ridden it? Do you remember his reaction? He was speechless. I was just like, you know, good, good. And he's like, yeah. He goes, oh, you got any more fuel? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I said, no, nah, man, I'm out. Sorry, I've got an horn to get home. It's lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's, you get you get the one percenters. But yeah. Does anyone want to have a swing out? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, like, you know. The aggression part, I, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like aggression in any way. But um, I, I've, over the years I've learned how to sort of bring the, the situation down. And how do you do that? Just by staying calm and neutral and trying to explain. Just trying, you know, because I don't hit anyone. I don't hurt anyone. I haven't hit anyone. I don't do anything really. And it's not like... I'm dropping, uh, blatant dropping in. I'm not dropping in. I'm lining it up. No need for you to drop in because you no can need. get it from 400 metres deep. There's there, no you need know. to drop in. So it's like, okay, man, I'll call it. I'm coming through. Yeah, whoop. And if they want to drop in, they can drop in. But majority of the time they try to drop in, they just end up in the lip and over anyway. But, yeah, I just sort of stay neutral, try to calm them down. Usually it's just all, just all talk, talk, talk. Yeah. You know, so... But it's been like that. It's been a battle, but it's, that's how it's been since the beginning with bodyboarders against surfers and surfers against surf skis and that's sort of the, the surf culture. Yeah, you would have, seen, would have seen a fair bit of it over the years, huh? particularly yeah. with the booger thing, because oh, the booger yeah. thing was serious. This when Sarge... Oh, it was so serious. It was like, uh, in the 90s. Yeah. Like, so territorial and so aggressive and, you know, and it was hard, but... Fortunately, that crew stuck together in a way. Yeah. And, you know, when it's a a group, you know, and they stick together and everyone realises that they're only out there to have fun. And you having fun out there? Hey, yeah, man, I'm 50 and I'm still charging.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.